Hello, everyone, and welcome back to In This Day and Page, a West Des Moines Public Library podcast. I'm your host, Maggie Martin. In today's episode, we sat down with award-winning picture book author Lydia M. Sigworth. Lydia's book, Dear Librarian, offers a moving true story about a child experiencing homelessness who finds a safe haven in her local library. When Lydia was five years old, she and her family had to leave their home. They hopped from grandma's house to Aunt Linda's house to cousin Alice's house, but no place was permanent. Then one day, everything changed. Lydia's mom took her to a new place, the library. Paired with warm art by newcomer Romina Galata and a foreword by Ira Glass, Dear Librarian is a thank you to anyone who has offered a child love and support during a difficult time. We are so honored that Lydia will be joining us here at the library on Monday, October 25th for a story time and book signing. Uh, she will be here from 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. that morning. So without further ado, please welcome Lydia M. Sigworth. All right, so I'm going to start up with some rapid fire intro questions. Mm. So can you tell me what is your name and what are your pronouns? My name is Lydia M. Sigworth, and I go by she, her. Uh, what is the last book you read, or what are you currently reading? I am rereading the Enola Holmes books. Um, they're by Nancy Springer, and um, they're a series of like middle grade books about Jack Holmes' younger sister, Enola. And it was made into a Netflix movie last year, and it, it did pretty well, though. Um, so the author just released a like sixth book like 12 years after the last one it's been a long time since the last Enola Holmes book came out so I'm going back and rereading this series from my childhood so I can prep for the new book I'm honoring the very excited 12 year old who would have been like just thrilled to have a new Enola Holmes book who are some of your favorite picture book authors or illustrators or it can be a combo author illustrator duo um, well, I really love Sarah Stewart. Um, she wrote The Library and um, The Friend and The Gardener. Um, those are kind of some books that I remember growing up and just pouring over the illustrations. I also grew up with um, Graham Face. He, nobody writes like him anymore. Um, his picture books were all like very story driven and would have huge blocks of text which you just don't have in picture books anymore um and they're really more for elementary age students and as far as uh modern um picture book authors i am a huge fan of john aggie uh he writes just the most satirical picture books they're so sarcastic and dry-witted too funny i just love him but yeah that's that's what i can think of off the top of my head perfect um, picture book authors. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, and then my last rapid fire question. So you're a librarian by trade. So what is your favorite thing about working in libraries? If you can even narrow it down to one thing. <laughs> um, I narrow it down by saying the variety. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel That's like a good workaround. <laughs> every day is something different. And even if it's like the same thing, I'm still just answering questions or helping kids find books. It's different kids and different questions and different kinds of books they want. And um, and you never know, you never know what kids are gonna ask for it. Um, they're, they're, they're a funny little group. Um, I, I just love library kids. So 
They're my favorites. Fantastic. Um, so I'm going to get into some questions about uh, your debut picture book, Dear Librarian, since you will be joining us for a story time in the not too distant future here at the West Des Moines Library. So can you start out by telling us uh, what your picture book, Dear Librarian, is about? Yeah, uh, Dear Librarian is an autobiographical picture book. It was about me when I was a little girl. It covers a time in my life um, when I was uh, five turning six um, and my family went through a period of um, transition and we didn't have a permanent place to live and we were kind of living with some different friends and family members and we were you know well looked after and taken care of but it was definitely a time of transition and little me definitely did not understand kind of what was happening or the implications of what was happening with our family life um but I definitely you know knew something was a little off and felt uncomfortable in some aspects of where we lived um and just the transitional element of our life at that point. Um, and then I, I found my home in the library and uh, I connected on a very deep level with a children's librarian and she changed my life. Ooh, that is so awesome. I love, love, love to hear that. And what age group do you recommend read the book? Or is it kind of one that you think everyone should take a peek at? Well, I mean, it's my book, so <laughs> I think everyone will love it. Right. Um, <laughs> But uh, just from what I've, I've heard, you know, from people, I have a friend who has a two-year-old who requested it like nine nights in a row as her oh. bedtime story. It was like the bedtime story. I love um, that. I, I know. I like, I mean, when I think about it, I get like all teared up. And my friend's just, I don't push it or anything. She asks for it every time. Cute. Um, I would say anywhere from, you know, two up until eight or ten and then you know you've mentioned since dear librarian is inspired by your own life um can you tell us a little bit more about how you were able to translate that story into a picture book yeah well i have read a great many picture books in my 10 years as a children's librarian so i'm very familiar with the that mode of storytelling i think it is one of the more remarkable and more difficult ways to tell a story because you have to tell it as succinctly and clearly as possible. There's no room for exposition or flowery language. You just gotta, you gotta get to the point. Um, and a lot of my memories from that time are tidbits of memory. So I just kind of took those, those tidbits of memory. I took those, those feelings and I tried to, you know, get them as clearly as I could um, on the page. And um, I actually have a bit of a story about how the book came to be. I, uh, uh, the, my editor at uh, FSG Macmillan had contacted me after hearing This American Life in an episode that I was a part of. Um, and it's like, hey, I think we could turn this into a book. And they were really open with me. And they were like, you could do a middle grade, you could do more traditional biography, you could do a picture book. And they just were like, let me know what you think about it. And um, that weekend I visited my parents and as a good daughter, I went to church with them. And I was sitting like in the pew, very much not listening to the sermon and just trying to figure out in my head, like, oh, how can I even do this? How can I narrow it down? And 
this is ridiculous. Like I'm well aware this is ridiculous, but I swear it's true. The books just started like coming to me in like complete stanzas, exactly how to tell it. Um, it was almost like I could hear the read aloud in my head. Oh, that's so cool. I went and found a, um, Sunday school class and I was like, Hey, do you guys have like a paper and a pencil or something so I can write this down? And the, the very kindly Sunday school teacher like found the back of like a Noah's Ark coloring sheet. Oh my god! And gave me like a crayon or something. I, I say a crayon. I don't remember if I gave me a pen or not. But I remember it was like not a very good writing <laughs> instrument. I found a, a quiet hallway at my parents' church, and I wrote the whole book there that Sunday morning instead of listening to the sermon. Wow. That is such a cool story. I I, I love it. I, I really did tell it because I, I know my parents pastor well, uh, and he thinks it's hilarious. He's like, <laughs> anytime you want to not listen to the super, not listen to the super, like write book, you do that. So like, I, <laughs> you got his blessing. Yep. <laughs> I did. I did. I, I didn't want him to feel like I was like, it's not about you. I promise. It just came while I was there. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. And so how did you find your illustrator? How, how was that process? What was that like? Uh, that was a fantastic process. I, um, my poor editor, she was like, hey, so what do you think about illustrations? I was like, I don't know. I'll just know when it's right. It's just like not being an art director once a year. But they were so kind to me and so patient. They just sent me all these illustrators and I was such a diva about it. I, I promise I apologized as much as I could. I just, I just saw all this amazing art and so many talented um, illustrators. And uh, then they showed me Ramina Galata. I just loved her from the start. And uh, I am so, so lucky. I just love her work. Um, she and I have gotten to be friends over the last couple of years. She lives in Buenos Aires, so we, we've never oh, wow. met. Um, hopefully someday we keep we keep talking. We're gonna meet someday. But uh, no, it was just an absolute joy to work with her. She was so excited and like respectful of the fact that this was my life. Right. And I sent her like all these family pictures from when we were kids and mm. wanted to know all about all my siblings and our little personality traits at that time because she really wanted to put as much personality on the page as possible because there are so many characters in this book. Never write a children's book with this many characters. Like that is my number one piece of advice. So I have seven siblings, and then there's me, and then no wait, I had six siblings. There were seven of us. I had six siblings. Um, then there's me, and then there was my parents, and then like yeah, there's my grandma, and there's my aunt, and then there's librarian. So I think there's like 12 characters in this book. And if you look at picture books, there are never ever that many right. characters in picture <laughs> books. Um so poor Rabina, like, just had to figure out how to get us all off the page. Oh, well, and that's awesome that she really wanted to imbue, like, so much of your family's personalities and make sure that they were really authentic and true to them. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm so lucky. I'm so, so lucky. Oh, so cool. Well, and you briefly mentioned that you were on This American Life. And so how, um, how were you able to get Ira Glass to, to forward your book? Well, you know, my editor was like, wouldn't it be cool if we could get Ira to write a forward? And I was like, I use like a person, like, I don't know if people call Ira a celebrity, but he's 
yeah. unknown oh yeah name. and I was like haha my book heavy makeup forward by like a celebrity that's hilarious <laughs> you should totally ask him right and then like they asked and he had written it within like dates <sighs> Like we went from like, wouldn't that be funny to here's the forward by a name people know for your debut book. That is so cool. It's funny too, because I'll, you know, mention my book to someone or show them the cover. And they're like, oh, that's nice. And they're like, I glass. I'm like, I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I would consider him a celebrity. So I think, yeah. I think it's a huge deal. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm so lucky, so lucky. He was um at my book launch back in oh, June. Oh my and goodness. It was a virtual book launch, which is you know how he could come. And we, we did it on Zoom. And I was actually at my childhood library oh. with my childhood librarian. Oh. Um, so we're like sitting at a table together and um he Ira, I believe, because like it did an introduction at, at the beginning. So like the Zoom camera, our Zoom camera is not on. Mm-hmm. And um but we can well, obviously could see, you know, him because he was anything. And he starts saying, oh my gosh, all these nice things about me and my ready and my story. And I was just bawling. Like oh. I was a complete mess. And I can't remember any of the nice things. <laughs> I just know that I was sitting there just like having a breakdown of like, he keeps saying my name. <laughs> like holding my librarian's hand and like just oh. having a complete meltdown. I, I just imagine that was such a full circle moment for you to be sitting there in your home library and telling mm. your story. Ugh. And I do believe he said, uh, don't quote me on this, because like I mentioned, I was like having a moment that um, <laughs> our episode was one of the most popular they've ever had. So awesome. in, you know, the decades long history of this life. No, that is amazing. Now, how do we top Ira class? So uh, my next question, I guess, is um, what do you hope readers uh, take away from reading Dear Librarian? Well, on I, I, like two spectrums of uh, theories of the spectrum that, that I hope. And one, which is what I just hope anytime I do a story or I uh, do a story time or read a book to someone, I just hope it's a, it's a little moment of peace and happiness or whoever reads it, that's all I can really want and expect that anytime anyone uh, hears my story or you know looks at those beautiful illustrations, but it's just sparks a little moment of joy for them. Um, and just that would just make me so, so happy. As far as um, beyond that, um, the, the, the big, big hopes I have for the moment when, when people read my story is um, that they'll understand how impactful um, just being compassionate to those around you can be and um, taking that extra time to connect with someone can change their lives and change the lives of hundreds of people through the changing of that one life. Wonderful message. And I know that'll really resonate with our patrons here. And um, when, especially when they hear you tell your story, um, in person. I just know it's going to be very powerful. So we're very excited for that. (laughs) Um, Yay. Um, Another question for you. Um, So what can libraries and, you know, public, public entities in general do better to support kids like young Lydia and your story and, and your family in the story? 
Yeah, it's been a fascinating experience to look back um, on that period of my life and talk about it with my parents and older siblings um, because I was five, you know, so very much not aware of anything. I just was like, oh, we go to the library every day. We live here. Ha ha. And um, I felt really happy and safe and comfortable there. Um, And the things that contributed to that was definitely um, that my mom and older siblings felt happy and safe and comfortable Mm -hmm. there. And what made them feel that way was the way the staff treated us. Sure. Um, As a librarian, I know that it can be wearing to have kids at the library for hours and hours at a time because they get bored. Eventually they're, you know, they've done Mm -hmm. all the toys, they've played all the games, they don't want to read anymore and they just start to kind of poke each other. And um, like, I understand how wearing it can be, but the librarians, you know, that the librarian I grew up with, her name is Deb Stevenson. She was just always endlessly kind and welcoming to us and just had a great deal of um, patience and fortitude to go and like your public library lion there. And she made, you know, she never made my family feel at all shamed, you know, she never asked questions. She never like tried to get into our business. She just was you know, as welcoming as she could be. And she definitely paid us extra attention um, because she realized, you know, a family that, you know, needs to use a public library for that extensive amount of time. um, There's a reason for that. So she was like, you know, I'm going to spend extra time with this family because I think they just need a little extra, a little extra love. And we did. Wonderful. And Um, I do hope too that, there can be some like vocational awe with librarians you know they're like oh they're superheroes they can do anything and it's the way people can be about teachers as well um so I really hope to use the kind of unique experiences that I've had that I both have been mentored and inspired by a librarian but I am also one I understand the energy and time that she had to put into what she did for us and I know that wasn't that wasn't something little like she she put in a lot of time with us and that was time she could not use to do other things and she has said that one of the reasons she was able to do that is because the way their staffing worked at that point it was because that was like her main job she was able to just spend time with the kids and she you know because they had enough support staff to do that so um, just a little like side note of fund libraries so their staff have the time to change people's lives. Yes, please. We agree here. <laughs> so a little bit off topic. Well, still on topic. Um, is this the first book you've ever written? And do you plan on writing anything else? Well, it's the first book I've ever published. Okay. Um, like many, many, uh, 11 year olds, um, like three chapters of a trilogy. And I thought it was going to be the most amazing thing ever. And then I found it, you know, among the boxes last time I did it was like, this is the worst thing I've ever read in my entire life. (laughs) Um, so I have gotten better since then. Thank God. Um, so I've always kind of wanted to write, um, always wanted to publish. And this experience has been 
like a complete blessing. Um, most people don't get to have this experience um, in the way I did. But yeah, I would love, love, love to publish again. I have an, um, I have an agent and we're working together and getting another one of my books out into the world. Fantastic. That is so cool. I also have a lot of those really terrible uh, drafts from childhood at my parents' house. So I relate to that and like fanfic. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. yes. All of that. I wrote Encyclopedia Brown fan fiction no. when I was a kid. Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. I, I still got it. That's actually not terrible. Like it is terrible, but <laughs> Encyclopedia Brown is like, I, I loved those books. I loved them when I was a kid. Yes. Like it's very formulaic and oftentimes it doesn't really make sense. And also what I wrote was extremely formulaic because I just followed exactly what those stories are. It didn't really make sense, but it was, you know, I had a good time. Exactly. So I've, I've, really never heard, I've never heard of someone doing Encyclopedia Brown fanfic, but I love that for you. <laughs> I, I was 10 and, um, and I was homeschooled. So I got like extra credit for it. My mom was oh, like, awesome. okay, you, you wrote something and, you know, she edited, you know, she spell checked it and everything. And then I had to rewrite it a second time. And she was like, all right, good. You did your writing for today. <laughs> so I, I don't know what that says about my education. Hopefully, okay things. Um, Cause I'm a yeah. published writer now, but <laughs> your creativity yeah. was fostered. Oh yeah, for it sure. <laughs> yeah. So I did that as a school assignment and then I guess just to kind of wrap things up, you'll be joining us for a story time and book signing on October 25th. Uh, can you give us any idea of what that day might look like? Yeah, well, um, you know, I'm a librarian, so I just I know how to do a good story time. So we'll do a story time. Um, I'll probably bring my ukulele, and we'll oh. sing some songs with my ukulele. And um, I like to... I, I found the illustration process just fascinating. So I, I really like to show things like what those first drafts look like as opposed to what the book ended up looking like and see how things changed and the differences between it all. So yeah, so I'll show some of the illustrations, we'll sing some songs, and we'll read the book. It'll be fun. Uh, we can't wait. Well, I mean, those were the, that was the end of my questions that I had, unless you had anything else you wanted to add about yourself or the book. Um, there is a audiobook version of Dear Librarian that I actually got to narrate. So that was really fun experience. Um, so that is available from retailers of your choice. Um, and they also got Ira Glass to do his portion of the, the audiobook. Um, so that, that was really fun. So check that out. And yeah, and I'll mention, I live in Wisconsin. I live in Platteville, Wisconsin, which is not far from y'all at all. So um, yeah. I am a fellow Midwest girl. So. Love it. Well, we're, as I've said, probably for the millionth time now, we're very excited to have you. And thank you. Thank you again for chatting with me today. And well, I had such um, a lovely time speaking with you. All right, let's go ahead and get into our reading wrap-up for this podcast. Of course, we spoke about Dear Librarian by Lydia M. Sigworth, Enola Holmes by Nancy Springer, The Library, The Friend, and The Garden, all by Sarah Stewart, the books of Graham Bass and John Aggie. 
There are a few items on the calendar for the next two weeks that I wanted to make sure to highlight. Let's start with our recurring programs. We have Lapsit Story Times on Mondays, Toddler Story Times on Tuesdays, Baby Doll Story Times on Wednesdays, and we have added another time for that, and Family Story Times on Wednesday, Thursday, and Fridays. And we have moved away from offering those on Zoom as well, though those are only in person. Um, as far as other events go, we have the following coming up. On Thursday, October 21st from 6.30 to 8 p.m., we have Adult Craft Night, Make Your Own Gift Tags. On Monday, October 25th from 10.30 to 11.30 a.m., we have the event that we've been talking about this entire podcast. Uh, Lydia will be here hosting a story time and signing copies of her book, Dear Librarian. Also on Monday, October 25th, from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m., we have Halloween Family Night at the library. Registration is required for this one. And another event on Monday, October 25th, from 7 to 9 p.m., we have Book Club Social Hybrid Edition. On Wednesday, October 27th, from 10 to 11 a.m., we have English Conversation Practice. On Wednesday, October 27th, from 6.30 to 7.15 p.m., we have Preschool Halloween Storytime so please register ahead to attend that. On Thursday, October 28th, we have another preschool story time from 10.30 to 11.15 a.m. And on Friday, October 29th, we have our final preschool Halloween story time from 10.30 to 11.15 a.m. And last but not least for our teens, on Friday, October 29th, we have laser tag at the library from 6 to 8 p.m. And just a reminder, parents, you will need to sign a waiver for all of our participating teens. Thank you everyone for tuning into this episode of In This Day and Page, and I will see you for our next one on November 1st. Have a great day.